Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. As you can see, we're going to be talking about the creature or the creator. Now, some of you probably think that um, you have a pretty good handle on on the creature, but that's that's what we're going to focus on because we have people who worship the creature knowingly and unknowingly. But the unknowingly, that's, that's where we're going to focus today. That's kind of going to be the, uh, our topic, if you will. And Paul talks to us about that in Romans uh, when, when he's discussing the uh, unrighteousness uh, and the wrath of God to come. Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 24. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. There's a lot of gravity right there. Um, For one, when I was reading that, he gave them up. That's pretty scary. To me, for God to give you up. Just think about that for a minute. For God to give you up. I don't think there's any happy ending to that. Any scenario you run with him giving you up, that's not going to turn out too well for you. And then we see here the folks that uh, Paul is talking about exchange the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. Unfortunate. Terrible. I have to say, uh, in regards to this topic, I have some personal experience in this area. Once upon a time, long, long ago. No, 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 not that long. Uh, Around 2007 or so, I journeyed on this PhD program, and that became that became my God. Because everything else, if there was a conflict, my program's going to win. If there's church, but I got this assignment, it's this this assignment. If I'm supposed to be at work, but I got this assignment, it's this assignment. If my family needs me for something. And I got an assignment. It's this assignment. So no matter what came into conflict with that program, that was at the top. And you said, no, it couldn't have been that bad. It couldn't have been that bad. Well, even when I was in the combat zone, bullets flying, bombs blowing up. Now, it's bullets flying. But I got to get this assignment. Which one? I'm going to get the assignment. So I have some personal experience there. Now, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because I'm so ashamed and I realize what? I realize now what I did then, that God is so merciful that he didn't just take his breath from my body saying, oh, oh, you want to worship that program instead of me? Let's see if that program can give you breath. 
Let's see if that program can give you water. I don't know if you've ever been in the desert before, but I've been there and heard the news it was no water. It was panic in my mind. Immediately, as soon as I heard the news, my throat was dry. As soon as I heard that, we didn't have water. <clears throat> but that's the God I'm talking about that supplies our needs. Water. I mean, we just take that stuff for granted. Like that air better be there. That water better be there. Hmm. The creature or the creator. Now, Exodus 20 and verse 3 says, you shall have no other God before me. No other God before me. I realized after coming here, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. See, that was the wrong way I just shared with you. I've been blessed with some individuals here that I've watched how they pursued their Ph.D. and obtained it all in service to God. They can go together. They don't have to be apart. You can use that knowledge to support and build the kingdom instead of what we see too often, using that knowledge to tear down the kingdom and try to disprove the kingdom. Now, James tells us, James chapter one and verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Another failure on my part. That's what I should have done. I should have gone to the source instead of thinking I'm the source. So that advice that James gives out is great advice. I wonder, has anybody taken James up on that advice? And as I looked through the scriptures, I saw where King Solomon, he asked for that wisdom. God gives that wisdom out and King Solomon asked for it. In 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 3, beginning in verse 5, it says that Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David. But I'm a little child. I do not know how to come out or how to go in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? I see a number of things that I could have done differently. Uh, for one, I see that 
Solomon, when he asked for this wisdom, it wasn't so that he could put Dr. Solomon on his door. It wasn't for that reason. It wasn't so that people would call him Dr. Solomon. That wasn't why he asked for the wisdom. Why did he ask for the wisdom? It was in service of the kingdom to judge the people. He asked for it to serve. He asked for the blessing to be a blessing. So let me let me just rewind the tape. One. Let's see. What was my motivating? What was motivating me? I, I think it was so that folks can call me doctor. I, I, if, I, if I'm honest, if I'm honest about it, I think that's the reason. Now, the extra paycheck probably wouldn't have hurt either. But I think the primary reason, I don't think it was to build the kingdom. I don't think it was in support of the kingdom. Not that I would use it to tear down the kingdom. But I don't think it was in line with what God had for me. And I'm thankful that he kept that from me. It's a blessing sometimes for God to withhold some stuff from you. Did you know that? You probably didn't know that. You probably didn't know that. It's a blessing for him to say no. See, that's probably too big. Those shoes are probably too big for some of you, but just keep living. Yeah. You'll grow out to them. You'll, they'll fit at some point. <clears throat> In service, we ask for the blessings so that we can be of more service. I'm so thankful for the opportunity yesterday to serve the community. Um, and, I, and I hope it came from the right place, the right motivation. Um, I think too often churches get don't get a good a good rap. They take in the money. But not helping the community, they're draining the community, but not giving anything back to the community all too often. I'm glad that we could reverse that. We could flip that over. I really like when I talk to folks and they're from other places, other. And I'm like, huh, but you're you're coming over here to get the blessing, but you're going back over there. OK. All right. Just try that on. Let's see if that's that's making sense for you. Now, I wonder. When Solomon asked for this blessing so that he could be of service to the kingdom. How did that make God feel? It says here in verse 10, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies. But have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. I don't know if you picked up on a pattern. There was a pattern in there. Did you get it? For yourself. For yourself. For yourself. See, I'm thinking far too many times in my prayers. If we just broke that prayer down and just examined it and, and saw whatever it is I'm asking for, who is it for? Is it for me or is it in support of the kingdom? Is it for myself or not? 
guilty as charged. More often than I care to admit. Continuing on in verse 12. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I've also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor. So that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Uh, I don't know. Do you recognize a bonus? Because this is how I would define a bonus right here. If, if you go into your boss's office and you ask for a raise and he not only gives you a raise, gives you a promotion, gives you the vacation package, uh, gives you the keys to the executive washroom. You didn't go in there for all that. You just went in for a raise. But he said, hey, take all this stuff with. Well, that's the kind of God that we serve. But he say, if. If you'll walk according to the word. But if we don't read or study that word, we don't even know how to do that, right? Now, I have some experience with uh, having some other gods before uh, the real and true God. But I think, I think Solomon has just a little bit more experience in this area than me. Not just because of his wisdom, though. But I, I, I think... Due to some practice, I think I think due to his practice, he, he has more qualifications in this area. So I think we can learn about the creature from him a little bit better than you can from me. First Kings chapter 11 and verse one. But King Solomon loved many foreign women. As well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians. And the Hittites from the nation of whom the Lord said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. Now, he is warned not to do something. He is given the explanation why. Don't do this because this will happen. Sometimes I wonder, was he wise? Maybe at some part of his life he was. And then maybe at other parts of his life he was not. It's said that those women would turn his heart. I have a question for you. Is there anything out there that turns your heart, that tempts you to turn away from God? in a different direction, towards something else, in pursuit of something else. Oh, it goes on. And he has 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart, turned away his heart. 
For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart away from his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was his heart, as was the heart of his father, David. So it said when he was old. So I'm thinking, OK, so when he was young. This probably didn't happen, but as he got older. He turned. Hmm. I wonder if sin is like that for us. It's tempting in the beginning and everything looks just fine. I mean, the enemy does a good job dressing it up. I have heard of, I don't know if you heard of this phrase, putting uh, lipstick, lipstick on a pig. Have you heard, have you heard that? The enemy is very good at that sort of thing, dressing some stuff up to make it look a certain way. Oh, there's more, there's more. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sodeans, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord, as did his father David. So Solomon built a high place in Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Amen. It seems like Solomon has some wisdom in these idol gods. What do you think? Looks like he did a little bit of work, too. Looks like he invested some funds. Hmm. That's why I say he can probably teach you more about the creature than I can. He has all this practical experience and wisdom. So I wonder if Solomon was here today, what could he tell us? What could he tell us about creatures and the creator? Oh, even more. And likewise, for all of his foreign wives, he burned incense and sacrificed to their God. So I'm like, it wasn't bad enough for him to worship the creature. He enabled other people. See, he can teach you a lot more about idol worship than me. A lot more. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 8, we find these words. And it's under all is vanity. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. It's already been in ancient times. We're not the first to deal with this idol worship. It's been going on for a long, long time. They've been around. Corbin, thank you um, for the reading. I really appreciate it. 
Now, in, in Matthew, it tells us, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. It says you only get one God. You only get one. You can try to have multiple gods if you want, but you're either choosing the real God or not. That's the choice. The real God or not. <clears throat> so just kind of keep that in mind. Now, Bruce and I had a conversation about sitting on the fence. Is, is that something that you're familiar with? Have you ever heard that phrase, sitting on the fence? Don't want to make a decision either way. Don't. It's only two gods, but I'm, I'm just I'm going to do a little bit of both. I'm going to be at both tables. I'm going to do this on Sunday, but this on Friday night. I'm, I'm going to be with both both gods. <clears throat> but the Bible said that we can't do that. I have to say I'm guilty. I am guilty of that. I know at, at work I deal with uh, different clients and sometimes I don't want to be biased. I don't want to side. So I'll sit on the fence. I'll get on the fence and say, well, he had a good point. And she also she also had a good point. Just try to ride that fence. But it's not possible for us to be on the fence. And then let's get real serious. Do we ride the fence when it comes to spiritual matters? You think you can ride the fence? When it comes to your salvation, your eternity, you're going to ride the fence? You going to take that chance? In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, it says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So I wonder when we're waffling like that on the fence. Are we grieving the Holy Spirit? Well, I really appreciate Corbin just kind of giving us the answer to the test right up front. Because we got all these gods, all this different stuff to look out for. But if we'll just stick to the to the pattern, to the book, says here in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3, you shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, Visiting the iniquities of the father upon the children to the third and fourth generation for those who hate me. But showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. And keep my commandments. And over in Matthew... It's not just the not just the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. Matthew, chapter 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees had heard. That he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. And I like how this is all rolled up. If we'll just. And, and I saw a pattern there. All your heart. 
all your soul, all your mind. So if you put all of something somewhere, is there any left to, to do anything else with? So we, we have the blueprint right here. If we just make God our all in all, we don't have anything to worry about. It doesn't matter about those other gods. It doesn't matter. It makes them powerless. Dumb. Just the way that they are. Can they hear? Can they see? Well, let me ask you this. Do they have uh, air? Do they, do they have breath that they can put in your lungs? Do they control any of that stuff? Hmm. Well, I really uh, appreciate uh, your time and attendance. Maybe uh, you fall into this category where maybe you've been chasing after something other than God. Maybe you've been pulled away. Maybe you've been turned like Solomon into a different direction. Maybe in your old age, maybe in your younger days. If that's the case, you're in the right place. Um, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're in the right place. If you need the prayers of the church, if you're online, we ask that you reach out to the elders if you fall into one or more of those categories. But if you're here physically with us in the auditorium, we ask that you come forward, have a seat on the front pew as we stand and sing the song. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.